This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 4th of May. In your Squiz today, interest rates rise, America's top court set to overturn abortion rights, climate change makes some homes uninsurable, and all that glitters at the Met Gala Ball. This is your Squiz today. The Reserve Bank lifted interest rates yesterday for the first time in 11 years, from 0.1% to 0.35%. It's the first in a series of rate rises foreshadowed by the central bank, with predictions it'll land at 2.5%. RBA Governor Philip Lowe held a media conference after the board's decision was announced. Claire, talk us through why he decided to take action now. Long story short, he says that the Australian economy has revved up a lot more quickly after that big pandemic shock than was expected. Um, There's several factors at play when it comes to looking at the health of the economy at the moment. He says that unemployment now sits at 4%. It's expected to go down to 3.5% by the end of this year or early next year, and that would be a 50-year low. He says that's a really good thing. Uh, He says that there's There's also evidence that wages growth has been picking up. That's also another good sign. Uh, But what is really troubling the Reserve Bank is that inflation is high. What Philip Lowe said is that the Reserve Bank now thinks that it's time to normalise those interest rates. He said that having that historic low of 0.1% was one of those measures to help Australians out during the pandemic. Uh, And it's now time that they go up uh, and having that interest rate rise should help with bringing inflation down. In terms of the fallout from the move, economists say that a string of interest rate rises will make businesses and consumers think twice about spending money. And there are significant political considerations, Claire, given that we're less than three weeks away from election day. Yeah, that's exactly right. It comes at a difficult time uh, for Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Of course, he's campaigning on the coalition's virtues on managing the economy. What he said yesterday is that the coalition has provided a Australians an economic shield. He says that his government's policies have helped with that low unemployment rate. Uh, He says the government will always be committed to lower taxes and he says that they're also going to help uh, with essential services. On the other side of the equation though, Labor's Treasury spokesman Jim Chalmers was very quick to attack the government. He said that on Scott Morrison's watch, we've seen real wages fall. Uh, We're now seeing interest rate rise and we've seen inflation go up. Of course, both sides need to demonstrate that in the next term of government, they're best placed to help Australians manage these cost of living pressures. In terms of how that rate rise will affect people with home loans, on a $650,000 mortgage, the increase will add about $86 a month to repayments. So get set to hear a lot more about rising mortgage rates and the cost of living as the election battle heats up. A big story is brewing in the United States, with the country's top court apparently on the cusp of overturning the nationwide right to abortion. A leaked draft of an opinion, which is said to represent the majority of the judges, shows the court will rescind a judgment made in 1973 called Roe v. Wade, which allowed women these freedoms in the first place, Claire. 
Yeah, this is a really big story this morning, not just in the United States. It's getting a lot of pickup across the world. What Democratic leaders of Congress said is that if that was to happen, it would be the greatest restrictions of rights that Americans hold in the last 50 years, not just for women, but for all Americans. That Roe versus Wade decision, as you say, is one of those things that's talked about quite a bit when it comes to not just abortion, but also to Americans' rights to manage their reproductive health. Uh, If overturned, it will see women's access to abortion left to the state governments to decide. Uh, And what we know at the moment is there's about 20 states uh, who want to either restrict or ban abortions for women. Uh, What the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, has said is that the document is authentic, but the decision isn't final. Pro and anti-abortion groups protested outside the Supreme Court in the wake of the leaked opinion and there's likely to be a lot more to come over the next couple of months before the final decision is published. The humanitarian crisis in the besieged Ukrainian city of Mariupol continues as Russia resumes its attacks on the city's last remaining stronghold. Hundreds of people remain inside the Azovstal steelworks after about 100 civilians managed to escape on Sunday, Claire. There's a reason why this steelworks is getting quite a bit of attention uh, and that's because what's unfolding there is quite extraordinary. Uh, It's very tragic and it's very very violent at the moment. What reports say this morning is that Russian forces are now storming the plant. This was the plant that Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, very publicly said that he had told his troops not to storm or attack, but he wanted it sealed up as they had discussions with those international monitors and with Ukrainian officials about how to get uh, those citizens who are in there uh, to safety. There's about about a thousand citizens, they think, who are still trapped in these maze of underground tunnels. Uh, also, that plant is surrounded by water on three sides, so it's pretty dramatic. Earlier this year, Ukrainian officials gave fighters maps of the underground network and supplied the plant with 40,000 packages of food. But the plant director said recently that they hadn't prepared for such an inhumane war. As parts of Australia are still dealing with the aftermath of the devastating floods that hit the East Coast over summer, the Climate Council has released some new research showing that as many as 1 in 25 homes are at high risk of becoming effectively uninsurable by 2030, Claire. Yeah, and where you're looking at the areas of risk, they say that 1 in 10 homes could be affected by that sort of assessment. We're talking about places uh, in Brisbane, also the Gold Gold Coast, um, Shepparton in Victoria, uh, also Ballina in New South Wales, parts of that Northern Rivers area that we've talked about quite a bit with the floods in the last few months, uh, also Port Adelaide in South Australia. The highest risk is from flooding, uh, but there's also factors in that assessment that cover things like bushfires as well. What they say is that when a property becomes effectively uninsurable, uh, what it means is that the insurance premiums are so 
high um, that an average person couldn't afford it. So there's a bit of a reckoning, it seems, coming down the pipeline uh, about where homes are, uh, also about what new land releases look like and whether they're suitable. The boss of the Insurance Council, Andrew Hall, says the research is a good prompt for a broader conversation about building adaptable homes and developing land differently. He says that no area is uninsurable, but the question becomes what price do you pay in insurance when the risk is very high? A lot of serious news around this morning, Claire. So let's have a change of pace. The Met Gala Ball was held in New York City yesterday with A-listers descending on the Museum of Art for the fashion world's Night of Nights. The theme was gilded glamour and white tie and people were certainly dressed to impress, Claire. Yeah, one thing I noticed is that, of course, uh, we know that the Met Gala, like everything, has been pandemic affected. It wasn't on for a bit and then it was delayed last year. Um, last year, I have memories of very elaborate masks still dealing with the pandemic health, Um, but this time not a mask to be seen, it didn't feel like. So maybe we have gone through a bit of a gear change with the pandemic, certainly if the Met Gala uh, is letting it go. But to the outfits from yesterday's function, that gilded glamour and white tie theme was picked up and adhered to quite strictly by some, uh, not so much by others. Um, Kim Kardashian seemed to be the one who really stood out. Um, She wore the dress that was very famously worn by Marilyn Monroe when she sang Happy Birthday to JFK back in 1962. It was incredible to see that dress on her. Yes, I did love Kim in that frock, but my pick was Hayley Bieber. She looked very classy in a white backless silk number with a feather shawl, so a good nod to the turn of the century elegance there. I'll put some links in the show notes so you can be wowed too. Squiz the day, Claire. What's going on today that we should know about? Today, ANZ has its half-year results. Uh, the CEO, Shane Elliott, will be fronting up to investors and to the media. Uh, there's a little bit to talk about if you're a major banker at the moment, I imagine. Yeah, a pretty busy day in the banking world for sure. For me today, it's politics. Treasurer Josh Frydenberg and Shadow Treasurer Jim Chalmers will debate the economy at the Press Club in Canberra today. That kicks off at 12.30. And just a reminder that if you want to translate this economic news and the other big stories for the younger members of your home don't forget squiz kids it's a great way to keep the whole family informed in a kid-friendly fashion have a great wednesday we'll be back tomorrow this week our podcast is brought to you by aware super Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.